Radio Tech. Loud and clear. Hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to the Radio Tech podcast. I'm Christina. I'm Ravni and today we'll be talking about something quite controversial but team toxicity. Um, I don't really think this needs any explanation so let's just get straight into it. Yes so uh, I think Rebel and McLaren at the moment are the most openly toxic teams um there's a big big difference in treatment between the first seat and the second seat rebel max is their golden boy their car is catered to him any teammate that max has had has not had an easy time at rebel danny rick left uh one of the most obvious ones i think is pierre gasly who was literally kicked out and demoted to the junior team because he was not doing well or well enough rumor has it that he well rumor has it it's pretty obvious <laughs> that he wasn't doing well enough because he was feeling the different in treatment between max and him i think that the fact that when pierre went back into back then toro rosso now alfa tari he just started doing so much better than he was doing at red bull and alfa tari and toro rosso had a better and a worse car than red bull and he started doing so much better when he was back with them so i think the environment in the team has a lot to do with it and he was young yes and maybe if it happened now he would have been able to handle it better the situation but i think that the environment itself was not favoring him and we have the clear example of checo who is doing okay just okay in red bull because he has his own team and he just doesn't spend that much time with the general Red Bull team. He has his own team, he chooses his own hotels and like he does his own thing. But he's older and he can afford it while Pierre was in, in his second year in F1. So obviously he couldn't do that. Same thing goes with Albon. Yeah, I was just going to note as well about Alex Albon and how he was in a very similar situation to Pierre. I think he might have handled it slightly differently just because of his personality and how I'd say he's more of a, I wouldn't say he's an introvert, but he has a more softer side. And I feel like I just can't see Alex Album getting aggressive, even if he's angry at any in any situation. It's just what I think. But it was just a series of unfortunate events, a series of unfortunate races and results that just weren't showing and clearly weren't up to Red Bull standards. And they just really weren't having it, I guess. They didn't really want anyone who competes with max they want someone who just enables max to have the best chance he can at becoming a world champion and being you know winning the drivers championship so i feel like at the moment checo is doing really well for red bull in terms of that and like you said he does have his separate team he keeps his distance and doesn't spend any more time than is required with the red bull team which i find obviously the whole idea of a team is to work together and i know that they're meant to work together for the um for the constructors championship so i feel like having this divide isn't really a team setup but i feel like at red bull it's what's necessary to make it work and i guess they're making it work right now obviously for max's benefit but at the end of the day yeah it's kind of all about that so i'm not sure it's necessary to make it work it's kind of working for him but it's also, in my opinion, is not the best way of handling uh, the team. Let's let's just all remember 
um, Hamilton versus Rosberg, that competition was harbored in such a negative way. Then Ro- Rosberg then beat Hamilton, still brags about it that he beat Hamilton in equal machinery. They're not friends anymore. They don't talk to each other. And after he won, Rosberg retired because he just couldn't handle the pressure anymore. <laughs> this is this is what this sort of things create. And right now, I think McLaren is kind of becoming this in a sim- very similar way to Red Bull, in which they favor Lando. They have a very similar situation in general because Lando has been with McLaren since forever, and so has Max been with Red Bull since forever. They have a really good relationship with the uh, team principal and they just favor one driver over the other. Um, I think, yeah, like so it's pretty obvious at the minute that McLaren's kind of jumping on the same sort of toxic environment that Red Bull have. So I really wouldn't have thought that this would be the case and it could grow like this fact that they took on Piastri, signed Piastri before Daniel knew about it so it was kind of done behind closed doors that was very what's the word I can't even think of it like they fully betrayed Daniel Ricciardo in that sense so that part was the team's decision. There's been such a big lack of transparency with the whole like Daniel Ricciardo's or Ricciardo how he says it seat and the Piastri situation is just like oh my god it's so bad and i i personally think that it's kind of worse than rebel at this point in in this instance because rebel was very blatant with their like favoritism gasly does say that they lied to him but it's a different kind of a different situation because danny was for all we know he was like interviewing piastri for the job like you know what i mean like it it was just so blatant and negative and also another team that's not great is Alpine. Alonso said that he's leaving because it's tired to be constantly evaluated and compared to uh, Esteban but at the same time Alpine is trying to get Pierre who does not get along with Esti Bestie and I don't know how that's gonna work out and I don't think that they care that much. <laughs> I just think that teams should really try harder to have driver combinations that would actually work well for the team dynamic. But I just don't think that that's something that's very high on their priority list to consider because at the end of the day, they just want good drivers for their team. Someone who will win them, the constructors or the drivers championships, ideally both. Um, So that kind of combination, I, I just don't think that that's something that they're trying to consider. And I feel like... Mm, should they consider it probably not in the grand scheme of things it's something that us as fans can kind of look at and analyze ourselves but it's not so much something that the leadership and the management are really looking to but in that situation yes Ocon is kind of considered the first driver I guess because he's the younger one he's what the potential of Alpine is in the future he could potentially um grow with their machinery like with a better car he has the potential to become i guess their well at the minute it doesn't really seem like he can be world champion but you know in the long term that's what alpine are thinking but at the end of the day i can completely understand why alonso isn't that interested in staying in this kind of environment because at the end of the day he is a world champion in himself he has won a world championship he's a world he 
he's such a good driver and he still shows it on track and I just don't think I feel like he is asking for the respect that he deserves and he's just looking for it somewhere else now because he knows what he can do and he just wants the opportunity to be able to do it so yeah let's see what his move to Aston Martin is like. Also the fact that Alpine considers Alcon their first driver tells you a lot about where their priorities lie because I'm I've never been a big fan of Alonso I've never hidden it but Alonso is a beast and Ocon is a puppy <laughs> you know like Alonso is such a, an amazing driver and Ocon just isn't an amazing driver I believe that Pierre is a better driver than Esteban is so I wonder if they try to get Pierre as their second driver, how's that going to work out? Maybe it's not going to be as bad as it was with Red Bull, but also I think they're going to have an Alonso 2.0 situation. He's just going to be there for two years and trying to move up to another team, which I think is good for Pierre. But leaving that aside <laughs> we kind of talked about mercedes a little bit with like the hamilton versus rosberg situation and i think it's kind of changed right now the fact that mercedes just like considers hamilton their first driver and then anyone else is just there to help him bottas was like that but we also know that bottas has ignored team orders a couple times I think that George Russell knew what he was getting into and kind of prepared himself. I'm just, I think he's the kind of guy to do that, to like doing this, the the break in between like the last season and this season, he was just like at home, like making plans. He is the kind of guy to do that. George is very prepared and he's making a lot of calls himself, a lot of strategy calls himself to favor himself rather than to favor Hamilton and we saw that in in wasn't in Zandvoort where he asked for the soft tires so much for like two minutes straight that in the end they were like okay we'll give you the softs they did not give Hamilton the softs and that's completely their fault because he's not the driver needs to think about himself and just himself and the team needs to think about both drivers in my opinion because Already, he has to do the strategy himself. He's not called to, like, do strategy for the other guy. You know, like, it's not his job in itself. And it's something that also, <clears throat> strategy, <laughs> also happens in Ferrari, which is a honorable mention, <laughs> I think, today, because they're toxic for a different reason. Very, very true. We've seen Ferrari be toxic in the sense that they just, self-sabotage their drivers the team just happens to make decisions that don't really kind of benefit the driver or the team by making terrible strategy calls just not supporting their drivers the way that they need the team just not being ready in terms of just communicating so the um mechanics and engineers not being ready for all of like the pit stops maybe and just not being you know with Carlos's three tire pit stop and one of the triple header races something we all rather forget and I feel like you can see this in a more long-term state because they have ruined you could say ruined the careers of people in the past like Sebastian Vettel he was 
he could have been much more successful. I feel like he could have got more world championships under his belt when he was with Ferrari and he just didn't. Other drivers to name, Alonso, Massa, you know, it's more of a question of what could have been when they were back in Ferrari. So is it kind of a thing that is just embedded in Ferrari as a team? Do they, like, is it to do with their management? I really have no idea. So I feel like that's some underlying toxicity in the sense that it's not them trying to, um, in this sense, favour one driver over the other and all of this driver rivalry. It's more to do with just their management and communication and just of the overall team, I guess. And their ability to ruin careers, like Seb, Alonso. Kimi won one championship with Ferrari, and then what? Nothing else. Uh, Massa, Singapore is coming up. May I remind you, everyone, what happened in Singapore? Was it 2008 with Massa that they just, like, let him go with the, like, the fuel tube attached to the car? What the hell are you doing, Ferrari? Ferrari's always been a mess <laughs> and i don't understand why i don't understand why i think honestly i think it's as you said it's bad management so toxic in a different way they're known to ruin careers because they just can't get their shit together i guess on to another team williams honestly i personally don't think that williams have any sort of outwardly toxic traits at the minute apart from I can't even say that not having a great car is toxic because they're trying their best at the end of the day that both of their drivers I don't think they really have a like number one driver or someone that they outwardly consider their number one driver I feel like they do the best they can and take what they can get in terms of whatever drivers performing that weekend um in their practices and qualifying they'll really push that driver to do well and get them some good points on the Sunday I guess it's a team with intentions just to do well overall, no matter how they can do it. And I feel like that's just, I get really good energy from Williams as a team, I feel. Yes, I think as a team, Williams seem very, like, cool. But they also, they're not fighting for much. <laughs> they can't afford to be cool like that. And so is, for example, Afatari. They're very chill, but they're not fighting for much. Um, the only, like kind of toxic thing that you could find in Williams is keeping Latifi for so long because they needed the money but now they're letting go of Latifi which I think is a positive thing for them and for him because he's getting so much hate <laughs> I think he's a sweet guy but he's getting so much hate because of the money that he has and how he got into F1 and he's not a great driver a different story is with Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll is not a bad driver. Don't come for me, but Lance Stroll is a good driver. Regardless of how he got there, he is a good driver. I feel like he just doesn't care that much, but he he's not a bad driver. Latifi, on the other hand, mm, similar story with Aston Martin. They The owner of the team is Lance's dad. But other than them, like, tr just trying to push themselves forward in a bit, like, sometimes shady ways, like, you know, remember the pink Mercedes, and now did you remember the green, the green Red Bull this year? So a bit shady in that sense, but I think anything else to do with Aston Martin as a team seems very chill. Even if you look at their social media, it's all very, like, chill and fair. And oh, my God. Side note, the Aston Martin 
Master Martin, like social media admin, is a freaking genius. I think we can close it here unless you have another team to discuss quickly. I couldn't end the episode without discussing history, so I'll just go over it quickly. But do we think that hats are toxic? I don't really know because I guess, like you said, with the Williams, they don't have too much to fight for at the minute. I feel like it's very easy to class Haas as a very aggressive sort of team, but that's only based off of Drive to Survive, what they showed with Gunther Stein, everybody is swearing and shouting at their drivers back in the day. I think that was when Roman, Roman Grosjean was part of their team. And honestly, I feel like that was just pure entertainment and just more of the common drama you get in Formula One when adrenaline's high. Obviously, I think that's just what Gunther's like as well. Like, I don't think you would catch Toto Wolf really doing that maybe behind closed doors, but like, you know, with the buying his fist on the, on the table is as far as he kind of goes with how he communicates with drivers. But yeah, wouldn't really class it as toxicity. So I guess we can kind of conclude. No, I, just, I think... Sorry, I think the only kind of like toxic thing about Haas goes back to like this tiny toxic thing about Williams and Aston Martin. Money. They needed money. They signed a driver who wasn't really a driver. Sorry, Mazepin. But um, his name is Mazepin, I know. <laughs> but not really a good driver. And they signed him because they needed the money. And they kicked Grosjean and K-Mag out because they needed the sponsored money from Mick and they needed the Mazepin dad's money. So I don't know if you can really class that as toxic. I think it's just a small team trying to survive. So I think we kind of like said that very in depth. But when the teams are not fighting for much, there's not much going on. And I think also like a lot of this like crazy stuff that go on is due to the fact that F1 is such a, such a crazy sport and it's still with so much adrenaline and I think it kind of favors this kind of like toxic environment especially when you're fighting at a high level or when you were fighting at a high level and now suddenly you're not such as McLaren such as Alpine because remember that Renault has won some championships yeah I really couldn't have said it better I guess it's more the case of toxicity is at some levels inevitable in sport and it's due to lots of different factors one of which being us fans just overanalyzing most of the time but also the teams who are competing at the very highest level the top teams who are competing for the championships they're more likely to put a lot of what they have at stake whether it be drivers mental health or team dynamics and stuff so yeah lots of different factors I feel like we could talk about this forever but we're going to close it here and yeah I guess we'll see you next week when we're back with we're back into races with Singapore being next on the calendar so that's very exciting um but yeah I guess we'll see you next week yes so excited for that see you next week thank you everyone for listening bye